0: And our music did not start, so I'm just going to actually have a moment. And Pete, I believe, if you hit our music, we'll be there You go. Welcome to the Radiant Design Living Show. This is a show about beauty, faith, and abundance, and a new paradigm to experience magic in everyday living. I have to laugh because we're having magic and mayhem in our opening. <laughs> welcome, welcome. It is it is June 19th and and we're going to act like that just did not happen because it's all good. I am Deborah Brown, the co-host of your show, the Radiant Design Living Show, and my co-host is my wonderful friend Donna Bell. Welcome.
1: Hi everybody. It's good to be here.
0: All right. So We've got a great show today and I think that uh, is Mercury in retrograde? Uh, Are we having um, some kind of weird stuff going on in the world? The rest of the
1: month. The rest of the month. We have it July 2nd. So those who may not be aware of that, a Mercury retrograde, oftentimes it has to do with a planetary kind of interference. So if you find that you're technology is going down or certain things are not connecting, even if it's not technology. Um, There are many in the world that recognize that, uh, relate to that as a mercury retrograde. So it can be a story, but it's interesting the way it keeps repeating, you know, in these effects that occur. And of course, we just had the solar flares on February, on, um, sorry, Friday the 13th. So there were some people that were affected by that. So welcome to our world of today. <laughs> well, well, I think
0: it's okay to have a solar flare every now and then. Um, as a woman in uh, of a certain age, I feel like sometimes I have my own solar flares, if you know what I mean. Not really. Yes, and I've, it's I've it's been very lucky. Not even menopause.
1: <laughs> it's not even menopause. <laughs> exactly. All right. So the,
0: um, the topic of the day, if I'm not mistaken, has to do with telling the truth in your closet. What does that have to do with being happy and successful? And also, what does cleaning your closet have to do with world peace? Now, you're going to have to take the, take the lead on this because all of that sounds like it's not in my wheelhouse. I've got the worst mess in my closet right now, so this will be good for me to listen to you.
1: All right. Very good. Well, and I'll gradually lead you into what I mean by the conversation of having to do with world peace. So... When you think about it, so one of my clients recently, this is, this is the quip that was given to me. What do you mean? I have to get rid of 67 empty boxes, 133 shopping bags, 219 plastic sacks of all sizes. How can I part with these unread books, these unworn clothes and shoes that I never wear? This lamp, this lamp, I've kept it forever. I can't part with this lamp. These are empty vases. I use these bouquets sometimes. I, oops, I received them years ago. You mean I really have to tell the truth? This is really hard. And what I ended up sharing with them, what I ended up being with them about was, you know, um, telling the truth about each item to begin with, which is what the person did. And until she got connected with how many pieces that she was hanging on to. There wasn't any um, real way of being able to tell what was taking up space in her environment and actually in her life. So as we worked with Jane and she got in touch with us, at first it's, it's not easy. I just share that with all of you. Sometimes it can be a condition that we tolerate and we've been resigned to. And if you've been resigned to a certain condition in your closet or in your cupboard or walking into your kitchen the way that the dishes are always, you know, in the sink as soon as you clean up your kitchen, that can start to build up a resigned attitude of, oh, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really mean that much. I, I may as well just let it go. It's going to cause too much trouble interesting thing about this world that I've discovered is when we become conscious of something and then dismiss it, there's a cost behind it. So what do you think that I'm saying by that, Deborah? What thought comes to your mind? Anything at all?
0: Well, this might surprise you, and I don't want to make any of our listeners uncomfortable, but (laughs) <laughs> what came to, What came to mind immediately, and you're, you're going to find this quite amazing, um, is that when you find out about God or Jesus or Christ, mm-hmm. however you want to call it, call him, and you dismiss the information, the cost is probably going to be immense. Now, I know that is not what you expected me to say, but that is the right. first thing that came to my mind, and that is... You know, I was taught early in the, um, in the beginning of my uh, long years here that that's, that's the way it is. You know, when you find out something and you decide not to take it into your um, how you live uh, and it's information that was given to you by somebody that you trust and you dismiss it, you're going to, you're going to have a problem later. I do believe that.
1: That's an interesting way to come at it because um, it really has to do with our capacity for receiving, okay? Whether it be in the um, experience of your spirituality and things you may have discarded, you know, because it was with the old family and it just doesn't match with what you're doing or whatever, then there may be situations that bring, even though you leave it, it could bring it back later because you go through basically things that bring you to your knees in such a way that you're, you're not able to turn to humans, you're not able to turn to anything except, you know, the clarity of where that comes from, of that deep depth of faith. So that can be one example of like what you're saying, Deborah. And then there's an example of when we recognize what's in that closet, that um, we dismiss it and think, oh, no, my project's more important. I'll get to that later. Or the things hanging on the floor in your closet. Now, that's cute, right? Floor? Hanging on the floor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, let me
0: let me speak to that, because as I mentioned a minute ago, I do have a closet that needs a lot of attention right now, and... I have dismissed for decades some of exactly what you're talking about. Uh, when you started naming 67 of this and 133 of that, uh, I just filled two big 50-gallon trash bags full of clothes for... Um, I'll probably take it to a, a food bank or a shelter or something like that um, that has a thrift store. But I'm still able probably to fill another five or six. I just have to make myself go back through that what I've mm-hmm. left behind and say, wow, I went from 150 T-shirts that don't fit down to 75 T-shirts that don't fit. Um, and I don't even wear that kind of T-shirt anymore. So why don't I just go through them this, this next time and be sensible and put them right in the bag so somebody else can enjoy them because I will not wear them. Why can't I just well, do that? Well, and if
1: we can, instead of sensible, that's coming from practical, that's coming from a masculine kind of uh, not being di- not being connected, okay? Mm-hmm. And when we come from that, then it's us being in charge, but we're not being shaped by anything. And even when you go to let go, it's a this. It's something to get on to something else. That's not what this work is that you're going to learn as you listen to the show and the ones who desire later to be a part of our webinars on both the uh, Radiant Design Living side and the business side, you discover there's an integrity that you haven't known before, an integrity of space, an integrity in relationship to telling the truth. And when you're connected to this truth, okay, it begins to shape you. It's not get rid of, that's a judgment. It's to be able to recognize maybe you have had 150 shirts. Was there a time that you really loved those shirts?
0: Uh, yes, I will say that. Yes. I, have, I have some that are from my college years. I went to the University of Hawaii in my early 30s. And I sang in a choir, and the shirts that I have, some of them are from the um, when we would go and sing at the various events or whatever, and we had this, these shirts. And I am easily two sizes larger now. <laughs> there's not a way mm-hmm. in the world that I'm putting on that shirt. But, but when I look at it, there's something
1: so memorable for you. Uh-huh.
0: Precisely. That you're so, attached to. That is correct. And that, unfortunately, I I tend to have that across the board. I can make a story happen on anything. <laughs> no, that's very good. So.
1: If I can touch in on that, this is very yeah. important. Yeah, sure. What happens is that we hang on to... It's wonderful when you have an object, okay, that you buy that just lights you up and you're so excited about it, as women especially, okay? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden this organizing fever comes over you. And you just want to um, rush around and uh, put everything else into an order to match what that experience is. That's wonderful. But the thing is, is that when you actually have things that do not allow for that kind of feeling, then there's an emotional baggage that gets connected to the things, and that's what you're talking about, the attachments. Mm -hmm. Those attachments seem like they wouldn't matter. But unless we go into the layers, just as when we have events in our life that are kind of real traumatic, they force us to go into layers. And when we go through those layers... It's not something we necessarily desire to receive. But when we get through all the receiving of the emotion and the clear, clarity and the receiving of what happens out of it, uh, you or I are in a different place. Behind all the 150 shirts is an attachment that you have a story, not a current story, but you're attached to a story. What do you think could happen as you release a story that's not given by where you are now? What could be available to you as you let go of these items that have this story that is so emotional, you know, it's hard to even imagine letting, you know, being without them?
0: Sure. No, I can see how that would be how you would work with people. That's, that's an amazing Amazing way to try to sort feelings, baggage, um, all of that. I get that. And
1: to not come from, I'm getting rid of, because I promise you that's a form of judgment. Sometimes we may feel that, and it's what really gives us the thrust to get it out the door. But at some time, it had a wonderful uh, design for you, more than likely when you can accept and recognize the gift that it was. Even if you had a relationship that you wanted to throw out the door, okay, Mm -hmm. of a, a person in your life, instead of being so judgmental, you could release it out of the acknowledgement of what had been brought. And as we can address, as we can truly face into telling the truth in our physical environment, it doesn't mean you just clean out and, oh, good, there's a spring cleaning. Next year we'll do our spring cleaning, and you keep doing the same thing. Those behaviors that keep repeating the same pattern are actually the behaviors that are influencing you in having uh, the fantastic job that you may want to have in opening up a new business and having the courage to step out and set up your own entrepreneur business that you had always dreamed of but you never allowed for, as the space occurs, it becomes easier to start to trust what's going on with you rather than what's behind the items that you keep.
0: So is it possible that a person doesn't really ever get that organizing fever that you just mentioned a moment ago. In other words, are there people who, that just, well, I guess hoarders in, in particular, you know, so those TV shows that, um, are pretty amazing, you know, where people can't walk inside the house. Right. Uh, I have a I have a minor hoarding. You 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 told me last time we were on. I am a hoarder, but I like to right. call myself a, 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 a hoarder, a, a mini a mini hoarder, a mini um, hoarder. I'm a mini hoarder. <laughs>
1: 150 <laughs> T-shirts. You're down to 75. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a mini hoarder. Um, it is. Yes. yes. Well,
0: there, I, Okay. So let's let's go back to telling the truth. So it's me that's not got that organizing fever. I don't get that feeling like I have to organize everything, unless I'm having company. Um, and then, well, the front half of my house, you know, if somebody walks in, they, they would never know that there are drawers and cupboards that if you open it, you're pretty much going to die, you know, because things are going to fall out, and that's right. just the way it is. Um, Can I be candid I have,
1: right in this point well, just let me, for a minute? let me,
0: let me finish okay. because the, right. I have one that will make you even more excited to to talk to me about <laughs> and that is I have taken things, to my car and put them in the trunk so that I could clean up parts of the house if I had company coming. So clearly I have never got this organizing fever happening all the time. So now you may now you may talk. <laughs> Very <laughs> Go good.
1: <for> it. <laughs> Very good. Well the thing is is that there are principles. When you can be in touch with what these principles are of transformative principles actually connected to beauty, space, and uh, clarity of your behaviors and attitudes with it, and being able to be shaped in ways that are beyond what your imagination could hold in your relationship to beauty. There are processes that we work with you as an individual that helps you to recognize from the value truly who you are not a reflection just the most wondrous value as I have worked with um, hoarders let's say accumulators okay (laughs) these (laughs) accum right without any kind of judgment these accumulators as they can learn things that they haven't been able to learn before and recognize their value begin to start to recognize and take responsibility for their own choices rather than other people's choices. So an example of someone who would be considered possibly a accumulator in the community when you're working with the low income, oftentimes they just don't know how to say no. Everybody wants to give them something, but they're not giving them from the space of truly beauty and upliftment for what they need. Instead, of they're giving them all their cast-off stuff. Mm-hmm. That cast-off stuff itself has an energy. Now, I don't. I stay very focused in the physical. The truth that everybody is talking about in the world about energy is very vital. There's no question. But when you get, stay in the physical, you can experience what these behaviors are, what these emotions are, and you can't get away with you know, formulating them in a consciousness or inside your mind because they're right in front of you, the physical awareness. And even if you think you're the greatest leader in the world and you come back, and after you're through with doing leading programs and everything else, and you open your drawers and they're in complete chaos, there's something to notice. There's some boundary that's not working for you. There's some way in which you're operating, even if you have the excuse of ADD. There's actually a way you can get underneath ADD when you have enough systems that support you to keep it in place. So you kind of like turn around the ADD Instead of into a frenetic kind of environment, that freneticness turns into that kind of um, that kind of uh, very hardwire focused into systems and making sure everything's handled. And but it's the same energy. Does that make sense?
0: It does. Uh uh-huh.
1: And I'd like to talk about in regards to energy when you have for or against. If, if there's, like, people who are politically motivated and it's all about what they're for, and then you have the people that are politically motivated and, motivated and it's all that they're against. Well, that for or against can be found in your closet, too. You're for keeping 75, uh, you know, shirts, and, and yet what's against it is the fact you've got all your memories and you've got all your attachments and all of that, and right now you've streamed down from 150 to 75, okay? Mm-hmm. A for or against, always, the, the ultimate outcome of a for or against, whatever it is, is polarity. So if I'm, uh, and I used to share this with people, you know, if we're going to come from ending hunger, there's a polarity to that. But if I come from, Um, my commitment is to creating a high impact for people to be, for individuals to rise up in the dignity and the well-being of who they are. That's not me coming from a for or against. It's just me being of support to them having that same opportunity and dignity. And why I'm mentioning this, for or against attitudes occur in our homes so strong that that we think, you know, that, well, I'm going to keep this, and I'm going to keep this all in the closet, and I'm, I know exactly what I'm going to do with these and all that. But we're not listening from the space itself. So in your closet, now, is this is this too woo-woo for you, or are you following me? No, I, I what
0: I like is the for or against is polarity. I understand uh-huh. that, opposite ends of a spectrum. But... What I think, and I'm going to say the opposite of it, but it's not really the opposite of polarity, but the other way to, the other paradigm or the, the other way to look at things might be intention. In other words, your mm-hmm. intention when you hope to have, um, make a difference in a community and, and really improve life for, uh, for others, that's intention. Is that the mm-hmm. right word?
1: Well, I would say for me, it wouldn't be an intention for me. It would be, but I understand many, many people use the term intention. I'm just looking at exactly what's in front of me. What are the needs in my community? Where, what is it I have to give in an immediate way in relationship to my community? And I could see the conditions, and as I worked with people, the moment that they were introduced to these principles when I was working so much in the community... Um, the average hoarder, the average accumulator, literally, as she was trained in the principles, or he, began to recognize they had a different opportunity of choice. And pretty soon, all of a sudden, out of connecting with their value not the value of how they had the stories around every single thing, but a value in themselves coming from their relationship to beauty, As this individual connected to that, and beauty is not just energy. It is a magnificent living world, okay? As this individual would connect to it, then what happened is they began to freely start to recognize, not us making them do anything. It's about your choice. It's about you recognizing from your value. It's about you recognizing in the physical reality what stays or goes. That isn't necessarily easy in the beginning, but there are principles that allow you to move through it as you connect with what your behaviors, what the frustrations are, what the dysfunction is in your family that you've never wanted to face. So you could be an awareness person going out and working with everybody. There could be, though, this dysfunction that you don't want to recognize that you really carry with you. And until you face that in a physical reality and don't just keep expanding space, you know, for all the other things that you're so overjoyed about, but not to face the pain, okay, of what these physical realities have been, then those physical emotions will actually show up in other ways of our life or in our communities or in our world. Because if we know that everything is energy, then the way that you are in your closet You make a difference with the world when you're awake.
0: All right, so this is very interesting because listen to what I'm about to say now and connect it to what you just said. Mm -hmm. I have a sense that I have a fear of loss or a fear of making a mistake in getting rid of something or moving forward in a way that I can't undo. Now, what if that's how I am in my dealings with people. What if that's the way I am with my relationship with work or whatever? I mean, I right. can see how I can see how the relationship between the two and how I value my decision-making process as an example could be reflected by whether or not I'm willing to pare down and do myself a favor and, and only have the shirts I like in my closet. Does that makes sense. It
1: most certainly does. Yes. The thing is, it's not a reflection. The way you are in your closet is the way you are. Is your closet becoming anything different? No, the closet is the way it is. The closet is the way it is for you to be able to recognize what these behaviors are that you haven't faced in your own self. When um, an individual, you may run out and have the greatest uh, time of going out and doing events and talking to people, or going to church and having a glorious time. And then when you get home, you go back into the same space and you get distressed and you may feel upset and you may not even know why you're feeling upset before you come to the house. But what lies there behind the doors are these behaviors that are embedded in the way of placement of things, of the way in which you connect with what's in your closet, of the way in which you deny what's in your closet, of the way in which it reminds you of the weight you're going to lose, okay, because you keep the clothes you're going to get into. When I work with people in regards to weight, uh, the first thing I do is support them to get, to clear out from their relationship to beauty, let go of anything that is not of who they are right now. Not have a hope hanging in your closet. Love and be in touch with who you are now. And as you can recognize that, there's nothing in the space. So many people, as we clean out the home, suddenly start losing weight. Um, I have someone I worked with, um, and I've watched, and, um, you know, the more that she cleaned out, the more the weight dropped from her body the more that she was able to recognize what the behaviors were that were holding the weight in place, the more that your environment becomes the shaping of beauty. And I really mean beauty, not practical. You turn around and have a practical environment, you'll have a practical business. What this radiant design world is, it's not something you do to get to. There's no get-to. It's actually a world in which you connect with the physical existence of the way it is. And then as space occurs, as you let go, as you clear out, in ways, see, you're breaking a pattern, a pattern of the beauty of the past of your 150 uh, T-shirts, okay? 75 are left. That's a beauty of the past. What is available? What could possibly be available for you as you let go of 75 shirts that are the remaining holding attitudes, behaviors, and systems? What might be available for you as you're willing to let go of the beauty of the past?
0: Well, Because then I, there's the space. Right, there's space. And what I also could ask a person like me... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask myself okay, something. Okay, let's ask her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what exactly is possible? Um, if this, many of, Let me say it a different way. Many of these T-shirts are you know, 10 years old, 20 years old, some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to be 61 years old on my birthday in August. Yes. And I can assure you that I have a different style. Not that I have, I have not aged out of T-shirts. I don't mean that. But I have aged into a different style that I like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so what I'm thinking is there's something going on here about what I'm holding on to. You, you mentioned hope hanging in your closet, and I, I wrote that down. I like that. Um, because there's probably something in me that has to do with being 61 years old almost and what that all looks like and what kind of baggage that brings up for me and the mm-hmm. fact that my father died at this exact age that I am right now. My oh. father died. And so I've got all kinds of family stuff happening. I, I'm trying to downsize from uh, 2400 square feet into uh, 918 square feet R- you know right now i've got my mother's furniture to deal with i mean i've got a whole lot of stuff and yeah. i'm not the only one in the world so i have yeah. my own mortality issues um, and it does show up in my closet it's very very interesting because i'm Let finding me talk things here a, matter for of a fact- moment
1: about it's death you're going through a death right now a I death like of the way, yeah. I mean, this is what happens. It really mm-hmm. is. Because we have a way of the, the unfulfilled expectations, okay? The, the memories of that shirt that when you wore it, certain events happened. But nothing could be any greater than what that event was. So we hang on to the shirt. And as we go through and we let go of the beauty of the past, it really is death to the old ways of yourself if you're really connected and what is so vital is being connected because um, when we're not then we're just uh, this is kind of gross moving poop around in a kitty litter box (laughs) (laughs)
0: yes I get that image (laughs) I've had a
1: cat (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that, guys. Um, Uh, That's what came up. It's we move the stuff around, all to be dealt with later, and that later is a cost to us literally of time in our lives, literally of years in our lives. When you hang on to something, all of you just ponder this, okay, because I've done this for years and years and years. I've worked with billionaires. I've worked with multimillionaires. I've worked with the um, middle income, the higher income. Everybody has a closet to clean. And what happens is, as I work with people, cover, it's all, there's all these monuments to incompletion that we've never felt, that we've never delved into, that we have uh, denied and moved on to other things. And that becomes a layer to our own beauty of who you are and who I am. When we keep having those layers around us, then we can't fully receive what that space is that would be available if we were to let go. Now, here's the thing. This is the kicker. When you let go of 75 T-shirts, you think you're letting go of 75 T-shirts. Warning, okay? What happens is you're going to go through a self-destruction. When the 75 teachers are gone, teachers, isn't that cute? Teachers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not T-shirts. Teachers. Mm -hmm. When the 75 shirts are gone, you will face the emotions, that you had held in place by the 75 t I
0: know that. I, I know that's going to happen. And I don't think I want that. Exactly. Now, that's
1: that's what, human that's, being.
0: That's right. <laughs> I I avoid pain and I go toward pleasure. And, right. But here's the, here's the interesting thing. I know I just cut you off and I apologize.
1: No, it's not right.
0: But if I may, I'm going to keep going since I did it. But I do believe that... Making that space not only for an expansion of my feelings about myself and the fact that I'm a pretty hot 61-year-old, I must say almost 61. I should, should say 60. Um, and, and I can get some really good-looking, uh, appropriate, and wonderful, and frankly, kind of expensive T-shirts to replace the crap, which is the kitty litter poop that's in my closet.
1: Exactly.
0: Thank you. And that's what I'm going to do. So that makes right. me feel like that makes me feel like there's a package there. You know, there's a well, reward.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's <Dr>. a
0: reward. <laughs> I like that Stuck reward.
1: kitty litter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing everybody because honestly, when the process occurs, the way that we re- the way that you have the ability of receiving the capacity for receiving is to face into whatever the chaos is in the corner, whatever that um, you know old piano that you never sit at but you don't want to let go of because it's been a legacy in the family for all these years. Whatever, when I worked with people of the Hearst family long ago, um, we discovered that the picture that they hung on to that was shaping their life really wasn't a picture they even loved. It was just the tradition of the family. Okay? And so when that picture got let go, All sorts of emotions came up, and those emotions were meant to be felt because as they were felt, that family moved into an entire relationship of what was really in their heart and soul for what they were meant to be connected to, not the legacy, not the tradition, not the way it had always been. The stuff in our space, it's alive. It is... um, And and so I'm going to come back to this. Space is teeming with life. This is what scientists say. No question. But what we didn't know is space is teeming with life in physical reality. If we want to follow the scientists, we'll be in consciousness and we'll be in the invisible reality. If you want to follow your home, you'll begin to discover how space is teeming with life. When we as human beings in America... As we fill the space with things that, oh, well, it's not going to get any better. I better just buy this. I'm not, it's, it's you know, someday I'll have that. It doesn't mean you have to turn around and buy, you know, this expensive, expanded, this expensive thing, a car beyond what you imagine right at that point. <clears throat> but it's that you recognize that you can be so happy in what you have and that your environment itself begins to start to reveal what your behaviors have been hidden in the space of your life. I told you last week as I would work with people to me in in working with the low income and the most most serious condition, inner city families. It was a great gift to me, to the community, because we got to learn to serve without judgment. We got to recognize that the conditions, even though they were different degrees, were the same kind of conditions that we were dealing with in our own lives. We got to see that as that person of courage cleaned out and was supported by 18 people, what courage it takes to have people come in and support you at that level.
0: Right. Right. I'm reminded of a a time when I lived in Oceanside, California, and a good friend of mine um, knew that I was having trouble with my whole closet thing. And it was literally a closet that was uh, probably 10 feet, 20 feet long. It was probably 20 feet long because it was in the garage. And it was cedar, and I had clothes in there that I had not worn for years. And I knew that she was, of all my good friends, she was the one that would be the nicest and sweetest and softest about the whole process. Because I knew that taking that closet from 20 feet down to 8, let's say, was going to be almost more than I could bear. And I already knew it. I was starting to hyperventilate. I mean, the whole idea of it. So my dear friend Susan came over and... She said, okay, we're just going to go one piece at a time, and you know, we'll, we'll put it away in, this, in these white plastic bags so you don't even see it anymore, and that'll be that. So we worked together, and she'd pull out a piece, and I'd say, oh, no, I love that. And she said, I've seen that on you, Deborah. It's horrible. So then we'd, we'd laugh, you know, and so we did it, and it was just hours and hours of what I thought was very painful. Well, the mistake that was made at the end of all of that, which was great, except that they left. My husband left me alone with the bags and Susan left with the bags still in the house so I went back into the bags and I pulled them open like when I could sort of tell what was, what was in there I would pull out the things that I didn't really want to give up so I, I undid some of what we actually created but my point is it's not easy it is horrible to do this and that is not a judgment that's my feeling it is just horrible are you still there? <laughs> Hello? Donna. Well, I'm not sure if we've lost Donna and I'm not sure if she's coming back. Let's see here. I don't see my good friend Donna. Um Donna Bell. All right, I am not sure what has happened, and I would definitely not try to finish this show by myself because she is the one that has the answers, and I am struggling with my own closet. So i tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to close this show, and we will pick it back up another time. So that's, that's it for today. And everybody, go and clean a closet. You can do it. I can do it, too. Bye-bye now.